somehow at some point we decided that the way that you looked was the most important thing about you. Now I'm realizing, you know, having been at my absolute leanest and having also been on the other end of the spectrum, as much as someone can can tell you, oh, like being leaner won't make you happier. Sometimes you just want to be leaner and experience it for yourself. But it but at what cost? Because I think most females go through a time where they sacrifice their health and wellness, their social life, all those different elements of of truly living your life for that one thing to be thinner. But then you get there and and then what? You know, being thinner does not make you happier. There is not a correlation between how big or small you are and how much you love yourself or how much you are going to enjoy your life and the people around you. I was going to get skinny for the summer. I was going to start doing my crunches. But looking down in my stomach, I'm going to go to the beach, but I'm not taking my shirt off in public. That is Sam Guaz. I'm Andrew Connect, and this is the Unpretentious Podcast. Sam has a BS in nutrition, a MS in kinesiology and sports nutrition, and experience as a trainer and nutritionalist. Here's her sharing how her interest in food and the human body first got started. Even when I was younger, loved food, still do. Got to eat all the time, and it's always been something that's a big part of how I was brought up. And being an athlete growing up, it also became something that I became more of aware of in terms of performance and recovery and the way that I looked. And I think most females can really relate to comparing yourself to others and wanting to look a certain way. And the way that we're taught to manipulate our bodies is through obviously like nutrition and exercise. From a young age, I took my interest in food and my interest in exercise and kind of fused them together to try and manipulate my body the way that I thought I was supposed to with, you know, eating less and exercising more. That all started when I was probably in middle school hmm. and really became more body aware as people would make comments about the way that I looked, which I think, again, like our culture just really is surrounded by that idea of beauty being an important part of who you are. So when you say you're an athlete, like there's a lot of things to touch on there from what you said. What, what all, what, like what sports were you doing? I started playing uh, soccer and basketball. I played water polo. I swam. I rode horses, ran cross country, did track, and played golf. And I played actually golf, basketball, and soccer in high school. Uh-huh. And then from there, I uh, just continued to want to be, you know, fit and healthy and going to college. That makes that desire really difficult trying to keep up with wanting to build a social life and do well academically. And so that really took a, a back burner spot after I graduated from high school and moved on to college. But it's always been something that I've done on a day-to-day basis, even after leaving you know, a more competitive space where I was actually playing against other teams and things like that. So you've got all this experience. You're burning all these calories, playing all these sports. Was food ever an issue for you? It was exercising all the time. Why does my body not reflect the way that I feel it should look with how active that I was? Mm. And I do see that a lot with my coaching. I see a lot of females struggle with, I exercise so much and I eat well, like I eat the right things. Why don't I look the way that I want to? Why am I not size two and I'm a size eight? Something along those lines. 
Is that just genetics, that some people are naturally going to easily be skinny or look a certain way? A big portion actually is tied to metabolism, and genetics are a part of your metabolism, but it's not the most significant component. What your metabolism really is influenced by is your lifestyle, and females specifically are very adaptable to a lower calorie intake. So when you actually limit your calories and you limit how much you're allowing your body to consume and utilize and what it's able to produce energy from, you're stifling your body's ability to burn calories at rest and and even in active state, you're essentially teaching your body how to function off of less, which can be very counterproductive. And it sounds like you have a lot of knowledge behind what you're saying. So when did this kind of transition to something you got a degree for? And what kind of fueled this almost fascination with food in your body? Really like that aha moment came when I was in grad school. I went to school for four years at the U of A for nutritional science. University of Arizona, and then I went to Georgia Southern for my master's in kinesiology and sport nutrition. And truthfully, it wasn't until I was in my master's program that I learned anything that opened my eyes to the fact that, okay, I was that person who was over-exercising, doing all the cardio, Hmm. limiting my calories, limiting my carbs, and really teaching my body to save itself, I guess, and preserve all of that that I really accumulated and my body just was not very efficient at what it really wanted to do, which was utilize the surplus of stores that I had built up. So in grad school, learning about performance from a athletic standpoint, not just for human movement, but also what does your body need in order to be at its best. And if you want to look like an athlete and you want to be lean like an athlete, you need to feel your body like one as well. That was a big part for me that really opened my eyes of, okay, if I actually feed my body the way that it needs to be fed in order to perform at a higher standard, then my body will reciprocate almost that care and it won't feel like it needs to hold on to an excess of body fat. And that's exactly the thought process that went into what changed the way that I really fed my body, nourished my body and and empowered me to feel like I knew what I was doing, what my body needed to be successful, whether that goal was performance related or aesthetically related. Let me see if I'm understanding this, because it sounds like what you're saying is almost too good to be true for a lot of people, that you were actually over-exercising and under-eating. Yeah, and I actually, I see it so often in females. It all ties back to this evolutionary process that our bodies have created for survival, and men don't suffer with this uh, struggle to lose weight the same way that females do, but it's that adaptation of, okay, if food is sparse and we don't have anything available, we need to survive. For females specifically, we have to survive through childbirth, childbearing, and Mm -hmm. our bodies need to be more so adaptive than men. And that's why if you put a female in a low calorie state, they're going to hit that plateau so fast. Really, it's 7, 14 days, maybe a month if you're lucky. I mean, a lot of it too also depends on how high your body fat percentage is, but hormonally, your body's going to trigger that signal of, okay, like I need to slow down energy production. I need to store fuel for down the road because I don't know the next time I'm going to be properly fed. So the more we chronically under eat, overeat, going back and forth between the two, 
the more we teach our bodies to carry more weight. How would you convince someone who's, you know, I'm wanting to lose weight and I, the answer is always cut out more calories and do more exercise. What, what would your advice be for someone and how would they know if they're under eating and overperforming? One of the biggest things that I have clients and potential clients do is keep a food diary and sometimes, you know, I'll have clients under report and, and that's something to address as well. But if I'm seeing a trend of under consuming calories and and they kind of come at me with what I went through with you of, okay, I'm, I'm doing all this exercise. I think I'm doing eating all the right foods, but I'm not seeing the results. And I kind of go through the science behind it. I try and show them the logic and the reasoning. And, and really a lot of when people come to me and they want me to be their coach, it's because I've built that trust through social media of, hey, I kind of know what I'm talking about. And <laughs> here's my experience and here's my experience with other clients who have gone through the same thing. And I know a lot of people tend to go into those kinds of circumstances thinking that they're the odd one out. They're not going to, you know, their body's different. It's not going to respond the same way. Like, Oh, I, if I eat more carbs, I'm going to blow up or Mm -hmm. I'm going to add weight. I'm going to gain weight. Like there's no way I can continue to lose weight with eating that much more. Mm. But what they also don't realize is that, you know, the way that you're living your life on a limited calorie intake, not only is your life going to be not as fulfilling because you're tired all the time, energy levels are low, maybe your focus is is not as clear, you're eventually going to hit like that point. Like there's nowhere else you can go. You're already eating so little mm. and you're exercising so much. There's literally no other route for you to take other than to rebuild your metabolism or rebuild your body's ability to function optimally. Hmm. And in order to function optimally, your body needs calories. And, and a big part of it, too, is building muscle so that you're you know, going to feel strong. And, and feeling strong and feeling capable is a part of living your best life. And it's a part of something that I think we all should value a little bit more rather than, oh, like, I don't care if I'm, if I was 10 pounds less and I had less energy, like, that'd be okay. Mm-hmm. Putting everything into perspective of even though we want to look a certain way, we also want to feel a certain way too. And really, what's the priority? Is it looking a certain mm. way? Is it feeling a certain way? Asking those kinds of questions too, when you're addressing adding in more calories is very important because we're often, as a society, so focused on the way that we look, that we forget about the way that we feel, the way that we move, and how important that is to quality Mm. of life. How do you think that develops where there's such an emphasis of how I look is almost correlates to who I am or how others will think about me? So much of that is when we're little and our parents tell us, oh, like, you're so pretty or you're so cute. And we do it to babies. We do it to everyone. Mm. Like, we are always complimenting the way that someone looks. So a great way to connect with people. If I came up to someone and said, oh, I love your, your shirt. Where'd mm-hmm. you get it? And now you value the way that you dress because someone came up to you and connected with you because of it. Mm. Human connection is so important to us. And a big part of that connection is, unfortunately, it's, it's, it's aesthetics. It's the way that we look. That's interesting. And then if it never progresses past that, then pretty soon everyone you bump into, that's what you start to focus on in your life, which is, oh, I've, I dress well or I look a certain way. And 
and it's funny because I even did it today. I was at the gym and I saw this woman who I, I see all the time. She has the cutest gym outfits and I gave her a compliment and we started talking and, and it all started because I complimented her outfit. It again, reinforces that, that idea of that's important to me, even though maybe it's not. And maybe now it's more important to her to look good. If you look good, then you feel good. It's not so linear. It's not like so closely tied together. There's so many other things going on. There's so much behind the scenes that no one's talking about. You don't, you never know the full story, even though you can look at that supermodel and say, oh, she's so beautiful. I want to be just like her. Well, maybe in the background, she's, she has an eating disorder and she has no energy to do anything and she's super depressed. Like there's so much that we don't know about one another Mm -hmm. that simply by looking at someone the way that they look, it does not necessarily mean quality of life. And I think that's truly what we're all searching for. That Mm -hmm. concept of, oh, like if you look good, you'll feel good. Well, why don't you feel good first? And then that'll just come. Mm -hmm. Trying to look at things a little bit differently instead of once I look a certain way, I'll be happy, which is never the case. I've, I've been there, you know, with, with competing in bodybuilding, I kind of use that as an outlet of when I accomplish this, I'm going to feel so good about myself. I'm going to be so lean and it's going to make me feel like a million times better about myself. Mm-hmm. And then I got there, I got down to, you know, like 9% body fat and I was hundred percent more insecure at that point than I was at 15 or 20% body fat. Can you help me understand that you're competing, you're cutting down your body fat. Are you not getting more attention around wow you look really great why did that not translate into increased self-confidence and that's actually something that i studied in grad school was the correlation between how others perceive you and then how you perceive yourself because it's separate and everyone has a different response to compliments and how their happiness is tied to that for me so self-aware and as i was getting leaner like I did promote a little bit more confidence and people were giving me compliments and that was great. Mm -hmm. But then I got to a certain point where I no longer felt feminine and Mm. I had no energy. I was just so tired all the time. I couldn't focus. I couldn't perform in the gym, couldn't go out with friends. Like there's a lot of aspects of what make you happy that I was not like, I wasn't filling those cups. All the other cups were, you know, filling up with, you know, compliments of, oh, you look so great. Mm-hmm. But the other cups that I needed to be have filled were empty because I exercise is something that I've always loved to do, but I couldn't even do that anymore. Feeling good about myself, not that I was tied to exercise, but getting a good workout was important to me. And it was something that I started to dislike because it was something that I had to do instead of something that I wanted to do and that I didn't have the energy for it. So it was kind of all of this tied together made me more insecure about the way that I looked and mm. not having any curves anymore and mm. and things that I thought I, I didn't want that I realized I did, you know, and I wanted to go out to eat with friends and I couldn't do that or I didn't feel like I was able to mm. enjoy a lot of that variety that I now realize were so important to me. Like you mentioned, you know, you're saying like you didn't feel feminine or as feminine at one point and you kind of missed your curves. Do you think that was because you're doing bodybuilding? It was an extreme amount of like weight loss and it's not healthy for any females for a long period of time to stay at that low body fat percentage. Feeling feminine, 
having curves like that's definitely tied to also like a hormonal part of that adaptation that change when you lose a lot of weight and you compete in bodybuilding your hormones are all out of whack and that kind of just doesn't make you feel like yourself Okay, and then so backing up just to get your insight on it, it sounds like you understand your body like at many levels, like you've gone to school, you've studied for it, you've competed for it, you've done sports for it, all the stuff that you've kind of done and you've been through and you've learned, what do you kind of want to share with someone who just they don't know even how they relate to their body? I've been an athlete, I've been a competitor, I've focused on the way that I looked more than anything else and I've suffered on a health level so much because of that. And what I didn't realize and what I didn't care about before and what I care about now is that balance between being healthy and happy with the way that I look. It's something that I think most females struggle with is that desire to look a certain way and wanting to sacrifice anything for that, whether that be their health or social life Mm -hmm. it's very common to want that above most of their things somehow at some point we decided that the way that you looked was the most important thing about you Mm -hmm. now i'm realizing you know having been at my absolute leanest and having also been on the other end of the spectrum finding that balance between being confident in the way that you look and loving the way that you look but also knowing that you're taking care of your body and you're nourishing it the way that it's meant to be fed and giving it the nutrients it needs to function optimally in all areas of life, whether that be performance at work with your friends, with your significant other. And that's what's most important to me now. Can you kind of help me maybe understand more like as a woman, like just the role appearance plays in your life? The closest I could come to it is like as you know, a woman maybe is more naturally judged by physical appearances, quotes unquote, beauty, and a guy is more judged by like social status, his job and his money. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, females are more so influenced by being small and taking up less space. And Mm -hmm. that's a product of the way that our society has portrayed women in the past. Mm -hmm. And being smaller, being thinner has always been the goal, like the priority. Like this is how a, a woman is supposed to look. That's where I think that pressure to be thin and to be small and to take up less space has come from. That's something that I think we're moving past pretty well. Uh, The whole, you know, women are strong and independent and capable is more something that I feel like is happening in the last 10 years. But growing up in a culture where being small has always been the um, the priority or it's always been celebrated mm-hmm. that's something that I always as a young adult and as a child strove to achieve so in your story when did you start getting into lifting weights and like how much time and you know effort were you putting into that I started getting into weights uh, through a relationship that I had had previously in probably college. From there, it really took off in terms of seeing the physical change. I was embracing the, the aesthetic, but also the performance benefits of training hard and, and feeling capable. And it was super addicting for me. When I went to school, like I, I've always felt like a little selfish with my desire to study nutrition because it's something that's been so helpful in me just understanding myself 
and yes, I use it now to help other people, but studying nutrition has always been something that has helped me feel empowered and how to take care of my body and how to live the best to the best of my ability. And, and that's taken a long time to get to that place mm-hmm. as much as someone can, can tell you, Oh, like being leaner won't make you happier. Sometimes you just want to be leaner and experience it for yourself. Mm-hmm. But it, but at what cost? Because I think most females go through a time where they sacrifice their health and wellness, their social life, all those different elements of, of truly living your life for mm-hmm. that one thing to be thinner. But then you get there and, and then what? Again, I think that sometimes we all have to go through that on our own and experience it to fully believe that you know, being thinner does not make you happier. There is not a correlation between how big or small you are and how much you love yourself or how much you are going to enjoy your life and the people around you. Why do we want to believe that looks or money can truly change our lives? It's easier to look outward than it is to look inward. Mm. To look at yourself from a, a physical platform and say, oh, like, that's why this is happening to me. It's because someone looked at me and, and they drew these conclusions. That's easier than to, and it's less personal than to say, oh, like, I could have loved myself more if I was just more confident or um, if I could really work on my confidence and appreciate my intelligence and value myself based on that. That's a lot harder than to pick yourself apart from the outside. It's less person in a way. Yeah, there's that. And there's also, like you talked about earlier, that society, which is a guy first meets you or a girl compliments you. They're not, how, how do they know how much you've been studying at night? That you helped someone on the side of the road mm-hmm. or bought your friend coffee and said happy birthday. Like no one knows about the caring and the other parts of you that are just as wonderful, if not more wonderful. The way that you look should 100% be the least important thing about you. But for some reason, we flip-flop that. So many of us still believe that that's number one. For, for me anyway, I've been able to take a step back and when people do compliment the way that I look or, you know, even give me suggestions or they mm-hmm. insult me, whatever, mm-hmm. I'm so much more able to separate myself from the way that I look because mm-hmm. what would hurt more is if someone attacked my character or tried to value my worth based on the way that I look so the way that I look at a lot of things now has shifted drastic part of that is my ability to be confident with the way that I, I look and the way that I feel and and being healthy it has been more of an influence on my happiness than the way that I look mm-hmm. that's taken a lot of time for me to get to as well but it's, it's all been a learning experience and it's all been an evolution starting from being so body aware at a young age and moving forward into an education and actually getting a formal education in nutrition and, and sport nutrition and theology, learning about my body has been like the most empowering experience and, mm. and being more aware of what my body needs and wants as opposed to just looking at it from the outside of, oh, if I eat this, then I'll weigh this. And if I weigh this, then I'll be happy or 
You know, mm-hmm. if, I lose, if I just lost that five pounds, I'd be happy. That's what every magazine cover seems to tell you. Here's the five tips to get a guy. Or here's And it's right in your face all the time. On Instagram, I'm sure that makes it even more so, where it's like, look at all the likes this person gets. Oh, oh yeah. Social media really supports and promotes. I mean, it's all aesthetics. It's all visual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate, and I've gone through phases too, where I've realized, okay, if I, if I post a picture in a bikini, people might actually read my, my caption. <laughs> Whereas if I posted a photo of me fully clothed or snuggling in a blanket, <laughs> no one's going to read that, that caption. It's finding that balance of, like, I, I want to provide value to people, and I want my words to be important, but on a social media site that's so much more visual, how do I do that? Like, how do I influence and teach people the right things while still also having to promote myself from an aesthetic standpoint? It's a fine line to walk. Like, I see that, that, that balance there that you have to struggle for. You've done the power building thing or the, you know, lifting thing. I, mean, I imagine most women, their first thought is going to be, what, I don't want to look like a guy or I'm scared of becoming this type. How would, how would you let a, a woman or a girl know if lifting is something they might be good at or they should try? Women have 10 times less testosterone than men, which makes it very, very difficult for any female to put on muscle and still hear it. And I thought the same thing that oh, if I lift weights, I'm going to put on a lot of muscle, and that's super masculine. Mm -hmm. Regardless of how much muscle you put on or not, who determined that muscle was masculine or that you couldn't be attractive as a female to be strong? And it's not just about strength. It's about capability, and it's about empowerment. If you can take care of yourself and feel strong and feel empowered, like how is that not a positive? Again, not everybody wants to be strong and some women still want to be smaller and that's fine Mm -hmm. too. Everyone's entitled to their own opinions and and entitled to look the way that they want to look. Muscle and building muscle is actually a lot harder than I think most women give it, given enough credit. They're just not going to wake up the next day and be ripped like, oh no, how did this happen? That's just not going to happen. I know you can pump the brakes if you really feel like you're putting on too much muscle. But again, try, and I guarantee you, you're going to find that it's a lot harder than you anticipated. And also, at the end of the day, if you have more muscle, your body's going to burn more calories, and that just means you get to eat more food. And that's what I'm all about. (laughs) You can eat more food and maintain a certain level of leanness. That's, That's success. Tell me about that. It's like, what is your relationship to food? And for me, it's like, I don't even think about it. It's not important in my life. What do you think a healthy relationship to food is? And why is food almost such a defining like, characteristic for a lot of people? That that's what they love to talk about and that's what they focus on. And... Food, it's not just fuel. It's, we don't look at food that way anymore. Not to say that we have really ever in evolution it's always been a cultural thing. It's been a celebratory part of, of who we are as humans and how we relate to one another. Giving someone a meal is how we take care of one another. Or if you, you know, you're feeding your great grandmother because mm. she can't feed herself. Like it's a big part of how we connect and take care of one another and celebrate too. Food can be amazing and it, it tastes great. And it should always taste great. You don't ever want to sacrifice your health and well-being because from a social standpoint, you have to go out and drink with your friends, or it's someone's birthday and you have to eat cake. You know, you have to be able to find that balance between feeding your body properly and fueling it for 
you know, really just being the best person that you can. And that's going to integrate itself into your energy and your ability to go out and do things and be active, go up and down stairs and show up for people. It's a fundamental part of your quality of life. And that's why I think it's so important to understand what your body needs and be able to meet your body's really basic needs. Food's changed a lot in the last 10 years and Mm. even 20 years, and it will continue to evolve over time. Being a good consumer of information is huge. The more that you can investigate and be a good consumer of information, the more you're going to be able to educate yourself and be empowered by your ability to take care of your body, not just based on the way that you want it to look, but on the way that you want to feel on a day-to-day basis. And when you say food has changed a lot, like you're meaning like it's more processed, it's more genetically engineered, or what what do you mean by food's changed a lot in the last 10 years? I mean, that's a huge part of it. The industry is very different. The way food is produced, the way that it's transported, and, and where we get our food from. All of that has definitely changed over time, but it's also the kinds of foods that we're eating now are so different than they were 100 years ago, and and again, they'll continue to change, especially in the supplement industry. Like That's something Mm. that has always been super interesting for me from a performance standpoint and studying that and wanting to work with athletes. That's something that is more new and it's recent, and even if we just focused on whole foods, knowing and understand, understanding what your body needed is still difficult. So then we add on supplements, we add on all these other other foods, and it just gets that much more complicated and that much harder to really understand and put together something that makes sense for you. And, and then you try something, and how do you know it's working? And, hmm. and that just, again, comes back to being a good consumer of information. And, and the way I like to explain it to a lot of my clients is, and this is also for my science background, is you're a research project, more or less. You don't know if it's working if you don't evaluate and understand the variables. So the more that you can understand the variables of what you're eating and all your exercise and, and all those other stressors that you have going on throughout your day, the more you understand and can control those, the more you can actually control and change the way that you look, the way that you feel, and the way that you move. Okay, so when you go into a gym, like some people, like they'll chart it and they feel good when they look at and they see from last week they've improved, you know, plus five pounds they can lift. What do you enjoy about going to the gym? I love that no matter what I have going on that day, like that's my time. I get to go, I get to sweat, I get to take care of my body in a way that no one else would ever be able to take care of. And no one else can do it, and it's completely up to me to go, and I listen to my music, and and I get in my headspace, and I get to just take care of me, and that's something that no one else gets to take away from me, or they can do for me. It's something that I can always do for myself. That's really cool, and that's like some people may get that through painting, some people may get that through running. That just for you sets your mind at ease, and you're in your place. Exactly. But is there anything you think we haven't covered or what what else would you like to add to this kind of, of things maybe we didn't touch on, but it's like, oh, this would have been good or you kind of have anything like that? One thing that I wish more people focused on was their health and well-being. So take responsibility for it now before you get to a place where you have to because you've done so much to wreak havoc on your body's health. You only have one body and you don't take care of it now and 
generate and create a positive lifestyle around that. I mean, you're just going to get to a place where you look back and you wish you'd started sooner because Hmm. uh, it only goes downhill over time. And so how would you apply that message to one person who might be scared of food and they're worried I'm going to eat too much or if I eat this, I'm going to lose my friends and no one will like me. What would you say to them? And then what would you also say to the person who's like, I'm so out of shape. What's the point of trying to get better? At least food makes me happy. I'm just going to keep eating more and more and not think about it. Those are very contrasting people. Mm -hmm. But in a general sense, it's important to look at the process of taking care of your body. And I mean, I guess it's a really tough question to answer because to be honest, both of those people need professional help. And I'm not a mental health professional. And in Mm -hmm. those circumstances, I would say both of those people need professional psychological help. I know because I've been there. I've been the person scared to eat. I've been the person who has eliminated food groups. I've eliminated eating out. And I've had so much fear and anxiety revolving around food and, and putting calories in my diet. And I've sought professional help. And it's something that I think is super important and it's super delicate. And it's something that each individual person needs to address and take responsibility for, because if you don't do it, no one will. And you have to be the best advocate for yourself that you can be, because again, like no one's going to do that for you. You know, you can have a doctor say one thing, but make sure you get another opinion. If something feels wrong or it doesn't feel right, like you need to be the person to take care of yourself the most. And that's probably the hard step, is that because there's so much of a stigma around saying I have an eating disorder or... Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. How would someone be aware that food for them isn't just food, it's gone outside the spectrum of food to now it's influencing more areas of life than it should, where they need more help than just a coat? How do you kind of get a feel for that? Like, how would how would someone know if, like, oh my, this isn't just food for me, this is almost, you know, controlling my life a little more than it should? I think most people have that awareness already. Mm-hmm. They or can, I guess, brush it off with the idea of that they're in control and that it's fine and that it's not influencing their life in a negative way. I think a lot of times it does fall on the people that love them the most to say something and to see the warning signs or to bring that to light and demonstrate how unhealthy that perception of eating mm. is. And that is what it takes a lot of time, too, is someone else saying something Mm. and bringing that awareness back to that person. And what would be an approach that, like, you would have found helpful if someone were to try to bring that up with you? Like, what would be a good way to go about that? It's never easy, that's for sure, Mm. for both parties involved. Just sitting down with that person and letting them know that you care and that, you know, you want to see them be healthy and happy. And and right now they're not living to that full capacity. Mm. That's what I mean. That's what I would want to hear. And that's something that I think would be, you know, you're coming from a good place always. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be some resistance, I'm sure. But at the end of the day, most people who have eating disorders know. Mm-hmm. But they think that they're in control and that they can, you know, stop whenever they want to or that it's maybe or maybe they're unaware that it's disordered eating and they think that that's totally normal and and then when someone brings it up they're like oh I didn't even realize how Mm. how weird that was or how abnormal that was Mm -hmm. well I appreciate you sharing your story and all the knowledge you've gained around this with us that's yeah it was helpful and very interesting to listen to yeah thank you so much I really appreciate it my girl's shaped like a bottle of coke me I'm shaped like a bottle of noob 
I'd like to order a hot dog, some bonbons, a large soda, and some tacos to go. I never knew what a carbohydrate was. Turns out that it's all the snacks I love.